Good morning. Am I working? I think I am. You hear me? Great. Good to see you this morning. Hey, I'm going to hop right to it. Uh, I have a message for you this morning called Live, let's read it, Live, Leave, Legacy. Can you turn to your neighbor and say to him this morning, Live, Leave, Legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the traditional pastor alliteration, right? (laughs) Hey, uh, I have a story for you this morning. And it might be a little weird as you're listening to it, but just stick with me because there's a point to it. I want to read you a a story. In the early 1900s, Al Capone, (laughs) yeah, we're going gangster today, Al Capone virtually owned Chicago. Capone wasn't famous for anything heroic. He was notorious for entangling the Windy City in everything from bootlegged booze to prostitution and murder. Capone had a lawyer named Easy Eddie. (laughs) He was a Capone's lawyer for a good reason. Eddie was very good at what he did. In fact, Eddie's skill at legal maneuvering kept Big Al out of jail for a long time. Capone paid him very well, and Eddie lived in a mansion with live-in help and all of the conveniences of the day. His estate was so large that it filled a, a Chicago city block. Eddie enjoyed the high life and gave little consideration to the serious wrongdoings that went on around him, but he did have one soft spot. He had a son that he loved dearly, and he saw to it that his kids, his son, had the best of everything, the best clothes, the best cars, good education. Nothing was withheld, and price was no object, and despite his involvement with organized crime, Eddie even tried to teach his son right from wrong. Eddie wanted him to be a better man than he was, yet with all his wealth and influence, there were two things he couldn't give his son. He couldn't pass on a good name. And he couldn't set a good example. One day, Eddie, Easy Eddie reached a difficult decision. Wanting to rectify wrongs he had done, he decided he would go to the authorities and tell the truth about Capone, clean up his tarnished name, and offer his son some semblance of integrity. To do this, he would have to testify against the Chicago mob. And he knew that that cost was going to be great. But he testified within the year... Easy Eddie's life was ended in a blaze of gunfire on a lonely Chicago street. But in his eyes, he had given his son the greatest gift he had to offer at the greatest price he, would, he could pay. I'll read you another story. Fast forward to World War II, a war that produced many heroes, one of whom was Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare. He was a fighter pilot assigned to the aircraft carrier Lexington in the South Pacific. One day, his entire squadron was sent on a mission. And after he was airborne, he looked at his fuel gauge and realized he would not have enough fuel to complete his mission and to get back to the ship. His flight leader told him to return to the character's carrier. So reluctantly, he dropped out of formation and he headed back to the fleet. As he was returning to the mothership, he saw something that turned his blood cold. A squadron of Japanese aircraft was speeding their way towards the American fleet. The American fighters were gone, and the fleet was all but defenseless. He couldn't reach his squadron and bring them back in time to save the fleet, nor could he warn the fleet of the approaching danger. There was only one thing that he could do. He must somehow divert the oncoming aircraft. Laying aside all thoughts of personal safety, he dove into the formation of Japanese planes. Wing-mounted 50, ba- 50 calibers blazed as he attacked one surprise enemy plane from another. And Butch wove in and out of the now broken enemy formation and fired until all his ammunition was spent. Undaunted, he continued 
the assault. He dove at the planes, tried to clip a wing or a tail in hopes of damaging uh, as many of them as possible. Finally, the remnants of the Japanese squadron fled in the other direction. Butch O'Hare made it back to the carrier where he reported the event. The film from the gun camera mounted on his plane showed the extent of his daring attempt to protect his fleet. He had, in fact, destroyed five enemy aircraft. For his actions, Butch became the Navy's first ace of World War II and the first naval aviator to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. A year later, Butch was killed in aerial combat at the age of 29. His hometown would not allow the memory of his World War II hero to fade, and today, the O'Hare Airport in Chicago is named tribute to the courage of this great man. So what do these two stories have to do with each other? Butch O'Hare was Easy Eddie's son. The life, I, I just want to, <laughs> I want to talk today about live, leave, and legacy. Let me just finish this. The life we live today affects the generations to come. We were meant to give away our lives, so focus on living your legacy instead of worrying about leaving your legacy. If you do, you will define yourself and others by an inspired life. You may, you may say, what does a story have to do with church? <laughs> I'm talking about the mob today. It's getting weird. <laughs> uh, I love this story because so often I see people in this position that Easy Eddie's in. They've gone and they've made mistakes, had difficult situations, maybe done wrong things, and they regret it. And they long to live, leave those around them better, but they feel, can I? Have I done too much wrong? Have my kids seen me make too many mistakes? Have I drank too, many, have I drank too much and, and people seen me in a bad state for them to respect me again? Can I leave a legacy? Can the people after, coming after me be better or is it hopeless? I think this is a beautiful story about this guy, I laugh every time I say his name, Easy Eddie, who makes a decision. And you know, I just want to challenge you today. All of us are here on earth, not just writing your own story. You're affecting the stories of the people coming, uh, that are around you and are coming after you. All of us, I believe, long to do this. I believe all of us desire to make the lives of the people around us better and the people coming after us better. Can you say amen? Is that your desire? I think all of us want, want to leave an inheritance. Has anybody received an inheritance before when, when, when your family provided for you and, and they worked hard and they gave and they sacrificed so you could have something to start? But I want to... I wanna, uh, to bring a thought before you this morning. We all desire to give an inheritance, but I think what we're really longing to leave is a legacy. And I want to explain to you the difference today between inheritance and legacy. Inheritance is when you leave something for others. It's when you produce something that you can give to other people that they can obtain, that they can spend, that they can use. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. I pray that all of you, God blesses each one of you enough to where you can leave your children, leave those around you, leave God's house, leave God's kingdom. You can give an inheritance. But I think what you're really longing for is to leave a legacy. See, a legacy is much different than just an inheritance. Inheritance is something that I can leave for somebody. A legacy is something that you leave in somebody. A legacy is the people that are changed because of the decisions you make. A legacy is the lives that are different because the life that you live. A legacy is the, the world around you that's different because the decision you change. 
And, and I just want to just bring before you this morning, it's never too late to say, Jesus, I've made a mess of things. I've done things wrong. And I just want to encourage you, you don't have to be perfect to make this decision today. We're going to read a little scripture now, but I want to encourage you, never too late to start leaving a legacy. Because all a legacy is a deposit from how you live your life into the lives of the people around you. Oh, that I would, I, I think on, on our last days, I've never been to a funeral and, and, and the people in the service brag about how much inheritance they received from that person. Oh, man, this dude is rich and, man, he left me his car and, 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 and I'm driving in style now. No, we, we often, at the end of life, realize what's truly important. It's not just inheritance. It's legacy. What did this person do that impacted the inside of me? How am I changed because of the life they live? I want to say to you today, if you want to leave an impact to the world around you, if you want to leave a blessing to, your, to the next generation, to your children, to your children's children, make a decision today. Jesus, I want to follow you like never before. I want to leave a legacy for the people after me. I don't want to just leave them money and stuff. That's not bad. But I want to leave them something much deeper. I want to leave them an example to live by. A relationship with Jesus. Something that they can look at and say, that's who I want to be. I, I was so impacted by that song, I can only imagine. Bart Millard, who wrote that song, described his father. He said, I watched my father turned in, in, Jesus turn him from a monster into the man I want to be. Isn't that a powerful thing? That, that Jesus can change you from somebody who, <laughs> who, who, who is not leaving a legacy to somebody who other people around you. Man, I want to be like that. I want to be like that, man. I want to read you quickly a story in scripture today. And uh, I want to start off by just telling you a little bit about the life of Timothy. There's two books written to Timothy in the Bible, First and Second Timothy. They're letters written by Paul, encouraging Timothy at the church where he's at. I just want to read you a little bit about the life of Timothy, what he accomplished, who he was, and remind you today about this man that we maybe, maybe don't know a lot about, who's from this town in modern-day Turkey called Lystra. And, uh, and Paul takes a missionary journey to Lystra. His first missionary, he stops through that town. He preaches. Uh, most certainly, Timothy hears about Paul comes and listens and sees what happens, and he's impacted. And so Timothy leaves Paul and Silas. Uh, Paul comes through on, their sec on his second missionary journey, and it's there that Timothy, as a young man, most theologians believe he was somewhere in the range of 16 to 18 years old, leaves home, leaves comforts, leaves all he knows, and decides to go with these crazy guys who have come to town now twice, and I'm going to go preach with them. And so he goes, and he travels the known world at the time for 16 years with Silas and with Paul, and he becomes a missionary. I want to read to you um, 1 Timothy 4.12. This is what Paul says to uh, Timothy encouraging him, and I want to encourage you young people today, if you feel like you're insignificant because of your age, oh, that's a lie of the devil. You know, the, the devil's going to tell you you're too young until it gets to the point where he'll tell you if you're too old, because he never wants you to fulfill in the calling God has for you. But let me tell you, the time is right now to start making an impact for him, right now to start leaving your legacy. You're never too young, you're never too old, the time is right now. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Begin living a legacy. And I just want to challenge you today. How do you live a legacy? leave a legacy? You begin living a legacy. I'll oh, be an example to the believers. In your words. Oh, could we be an example to people in what we say? Mm, I'm getting real here this morning. 
Could we let our talk be an example to the people around us? In my conduct, how I act. In my love, am I loving people? Or is my love pointed at myself? In my spirit, in my faith, and in my purity. I want to challenge you this morning. To leave a legacy, you got to live a legacy. Timothy becomes Apostle Paul's disciple and later his constant companion and co-worker in preaching. I said earlier, for about 16 years, he travels the known world with Paul, preaching, teaching, healing the sick, starting churches. He's with the most prolific church planner and apostle of all time, traveling with him, and he's his right-hand man. This man, Timothy, God uses in a powerful way. The Bible records Timothy pastoring at at least five New Testament churches. Amazing. He was pastoring at multiple churches, speaking and encouraging new believers. Paul is um, imprisoned in Rome, and beginning in 61 AD, at the end of his fourth missionary journey, when he's in prison, he writes four epistles. Three of these um, mention Timothy being with him. Timothy sticks by Paul's side when he is at his lowest, when he's put in prison for preaching the gospel. The end of Paul's fifth and final journey, while in Rome, a second time before his death, he requests his closest friend, Timothy, to visit and to bring uh, personal copies of his writings. Timothy is so close to Paul, and they are such brothers that even in his last moments before he's about to leave this earth, he calls for Timothy. Timothy, he calls him often in scripture, my son, my son, come, come to me. And, 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 and Paul not only calls him his dearly beloved son, but also his brother. Um, he calls him a, a companion in his labor and a man of God. I want to read this to you. Philippians 2, 20 through 22. Look at what Paul, the most prolific writer of scripture and also the most prolific uh, apostle in the New Testament, writes about his understudy, Paul. He says, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. He says, there's nobody like my bro, Tim. Tim is going to take good care of you. Tim, look at this, for they all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus, but you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he has served me in the gospel. Oh, he, oh he, he so gave his life that it was almost like Paul became his dad, that he was completely subservient. Paul, whatever you need, I'll go do that. Yeah, you want to leave me here in Ephesus to preach to, to these new believers? Absolutely. Can I travel with you? Can, and so Timothy lives this amazing life of sacrifice, where, where Paul says, well, the greatest men in scripture, I have no one like this guy. This guy is amazing. But I want to read to you where this began. And Timothy just didn't show up one day and decide, well, I'm just going to become, you know, the most awesome guy that Paul's ever met. No, it started much earlier. In fact, before he started at 16 years old, there's mention of two women in Timothy's life. Now, Timothy had an interesting background. He grew up in Lystra. Uh, he had a Jewish mother and a Greek father, meaning he was biracial. Um, he had a Jewish mother who served Jehovah, and his father, uh, we never actually hear his name, but we know he's a Greek from Scripture, and he also uh, never shows up. He pro- Timothy, for most of his life, probably either his father had passed away or was gone. And so Timothy is raised by these two women named Lois and Eunice. One's his mom, and the other's his grandmother. And I want to read to you... Uh, that scripture this morning. First of all, um, yeah, 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 6. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, 
Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father of G- and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. As without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see you. Being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. Look, this is what I want to get to in verse 5. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois. And your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See, Timothy didn't just show up on the scene as an amazing guy. He had people in his life, namely mother and grandmother, who loved Jesus and began to teach him the scriptures. Isn't that amazing that some of us not us, but some of you, I don't have any kids. Some of you have the opportunity to begin speaking into the lives of young ones the word of God Amen. to encourage them, to build them up. And it says that it has an impact on Timothy and his life, and not only his current life, on his future. That I believe without Lois and Eunice, there's no Timothy. And maybe there's no church at Ephesus that grows to around 10,000 members at the time during this, this time of infant Christianity. Uh, uh, maybe, there's no, maybe there's no helper for Paul. Maybe, the, maybe he quits because he just can't find anybody like Timothy who will, who will stick with him no matter where he goes. Maybe things look very different. Maybe things are, 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 are completely changed because of two women who didn't choose to leave a legacy from the life they lived. Lois, Eunice, mentioned one time in the Bible, one time each, and they left a legacy that changed the known world. How do we live? A, how do we leave a legacy? We leave what we live. And I want to get to. T- I just have. I just have two points this morning to leave with you. But I want to read you one more passage of scripture. Second Timothy three verses ten through fifteen says this. this is the other mention of of Timothy's legacy, which he. She receives, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. Persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endure. This is Paul talking to Timothy. And out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Spoiler alert. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing them from whom you have learned, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I just want to encourage you today, maybe you parents, you have an opportunity to begin leaving a legacy, not just in the people around you, but the, the lives that will follow after you, namely your children. Amen. Oh, would you commit today to begin living your legacy? The people who you want your children to be, would we start to live like that? Would we start to live who we want to see after us? And would you begin speaking to your children about God's word? I just want to challenge you today. Um, it's never too late. The time is now. Maybe you say, well, my kids are grown, and, and it doesn't matter, and I've seen many in this church who turn their lives to Jesus, say, I want my life, and my, uh, my life to impact my family, and then all of a sudden, we begin to pray, and lives begin to change, and people's lives are healed. I love that song, Chains Fall, and Fear Bow. Jesus, you change everything. Lives are healed. Hope's found. 
Jesus, you change everything. Let me just encourage you today. Oh, it's never too late to start leaving your legacy. It's never too late to start living your legacy. Let me just say to you today, if you feel like you've messed in the past, messed up in the past, that's okay. I heard a great, uh, a great kind of thing the other day. It says, in, in your car, think of which is bigger, the windshield or the rearview mirror. Oh, let the, let the rearview mirror of your life be small. Let the windshield be wide open. Oh, I'm looking all to what God wants me to be, what God wants me to do, how he wants me to live, what I'm going to leave. The rearview mirror is small. I can remember what happened in the past, but forgetting those things which are behind, pressing forward to the mark that's in Christ Jesus. Look forward today. There's a legacy that you're called to live and to leave your legacy. How do I do it? I want to end with this today. How do I leave a legacy? I have two points for you, and they're super simple, and they're not complicated, and sometimes I have a list of five things that are like, then it's easy today. Commit to live it and commit to give it. What do I mean by that? I want to commit to live my legacy. How do I want the others around me to be impacted? You know, they'll never be impacted by your words alone. They'll be impacted by the words of your life. How do they live? What do they carry? Do I see the fruit of God in me? Do, I, do they see joy? Do they actually see peace? Or am I just, am I, am I ornery, right? Do they see commitment to God or do I put it forth on the priority list? Do they see the legacy that, that I want to leave inside of me? Or is it just something that I say, but it's not important enough to live? Oh, that I would live my legacy. And also, living it is good, and I believe the most important thing, but when you start to live it, you got to give it. you got to begin to teach others what God is teaching you. you got to start to reach into the lives of others and encourage them. Hey, look, I know it's been bad. I know you've been down. But look, look what God's doing in me. Look what God's showing me. He can do the same for you. Look at the hope God's produced in my life. Look at how he's healed me. Look at how he's touched me. Man, he'll do the same for you. He won't forget you. Come on. You, I'm with you in this. I'm for you. Come on, I want to give you my, I, wanna, I want you to be a part of my legacy because I want to leave something not for you but in you. I want to read you a couple more verses as we, as we end here. This morning. First point was commit to live it. Exodus 20 verses 4 through 6 say this. You shall not make for yourself a a carved image. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. And that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. It may sound, what are we talking about idols this morning? Let me just remind you what an idol is. An idol is anything that I put above God in my life. Not just a graven image that I bow down to my room. That's weird. We don't do that. But we do have idols, things that we put above God. For I, the Lord, am a jealous God. Not jealous in the way we think of insecure. God is not insecure that he needs our approval to function. No, he loves you so much that he wants you for himself because he knows that he's the only thing that will satisfy. And so as we go to other things, he's not happy about it because he knows you're, you're uh, uh, going down the wrong path, hitting yourself uh, against the wall of life that uh, isn't going to produce the path you're looking for. So he's not insecure and jealous and needy. No, he's loving and he desires relationship. For I, the Lord, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And so there's a real consequence for our decisions, isn't there? It's that even the legacy that we can leave could be a negative one. But I love the word but in verse 6. But showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and to keep 
my commandments. Oh, you got a decision today on the legacy you're going to live. And it's, and it's how you live. Am I going to follow God? Am I going to keep his commandments? Am I going to serve him? Or am I going to go the opposite way? And it's your choice today. God gives you a choice. What am I going to live and what am I going to leave? And how you live is what you leave. But let me just encourage you. Uh, the past, old things are passed away. You can start fresh today and say, Jesus, I want to live for you. I know you forgive me. I know that the, the windshield of my life is wide open. And, and, the, and the rear view mirror, oh, it's small because you've forgotten all the things that I've done wrong. Psalm 112 verses 1 and 2 says this. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. And the generation of the upright will be blessed. Let me just encourage you today. If you choose to live for God, if you choose to live it, oh, you'll leave something to the next generation. To your kids, to your family, to those at work, to those who see you live your daily life. Uh, If you live it, you'll leave it. And so I want to say to you today, commit to live it. It's not enough just to give it. Because if you you don't live it, you can't give it. The first step is you've got to begin to live what you want to leave. So you can give what you live. And so the second one is commit to give it. Not only is it good enough for me to just live, but I got to begin to invest in other people. I got to begin to invest in the lives around me. I know it's hard. Maybe you feel like, oh, I'm an introvert and I don't really like talking to people about stuff. And, 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 but let me tell you, when the love of God grabs your heart and you begin to have compassion for other people, oh, it, that, that, that difficulty, let me, it, I'll be honest with you this morning. I'm an introvert too. It's not always easy to me. It's, it's sometimes a for, it's, I force myself to go up and say, hey, how are you doing? Good to see you today. But you know what? I, I, God has put in me a love for people, and that compels me to reach into their lives and begin to sow, begin to invest. Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, uh, God loves you. God's with you. There's hope. Man, I'm for you. Man, if you need anything, just call me. Let's get out to lunch. Let's Let's go somewhere. Let's talk about what you're going through. Begin to not just live what you want to leave, but give what you want to leave. Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 through 9 says this. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. She'll bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, can we commit today to begin giving to other people? Even though it's awkward maybe to bring up a, 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 a conversation of faith, maybe bring it up in the, less, in the, in the least way least awkward way possible, but get, begin to give. Begin to speak of what God's doing in your life. Begin to say to your kids, hey, God's done this in me. I know, I know this area has been weakened, and, and, and this area God's working on, but, but he's with me, and he's with you, and, and, and I love you, and I want to show you how God wants us to live. And the Bible says that, that he, is called, he called the Jewish people to teach them diligently to their children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down. And when you rise up, I can't think of anything else that you can do other than sit in your house, walk, lie down, and get up. I think that's all the time. And so Jesus is calling you through this Old Testament passage to begin to begin giving all the time. Uh, be ready to give. Let me read you with you two scriptures this morning, and then we're going to close. If we, Lauren, if you could come up and play, if she's here. Thanks, Lauren. And First Chronicles 28, verse 9 says this. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart 
and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he'll be cast. He will cast you off. I want to read one more verse with you to kind of clinch up what we're talking about this morning. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. This once again, as we close, this is Paul talking to Timothy, telling him all the things that are on his heart, his mind, how he's praying for him, how he's with him. 2 Timothy 2 says this. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust it to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. It's a beautiful thing, the kingdom of God, because it just doesn't happen uh, because, because there's a formula. It, it happens organically. You see, what happened was Lois and Eunice began to teach Timothy the scriptures. And then Paul, who had this guy who we only hear about a few times in scripture named Ananias, God told him to show up to his house and pray for him when Saul was still a murderer and essentially a terrorist. And, and Paul, God changes Saul to Paul. And all of a sudden, God links up these guys who have both been given legacies by people we don't hear a lot about. And then later in life, as, as Paul's getting ready to leave this earth, he's encouraging Timothy, look, the same thing that Lois and Eunice, your grandmother, mother, the same thing that I did with you, my son, I left a legacy not just for you, but in you. It says, entrust to faithful men, and that includes women today too, faithful men and women who will be able to teach others as well. Oh, could we learn how to live our legacy? And then could we commit to, God, I'm going to give it. I don't care. I don't care how awkward or how hard it is. I want to impact the people around me. And, 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 and first, I got to live my legacy, but then I got to leave it. I got to give it. I got to show it. I got I to gotta let others see it. I got to talk about it to people. And so I want to encourage you today. Could we commit today? Maybe you feel like, I, wanna, I just want to pray as we end here this morning. Maybe you feel like you're one of two, two people. Maybe you feel like I'm too young, too old, have messed up too bad, or not qualified enough to, to have a legacy. I want to just expose the lie of the enemy because that's the lie he wants you to believe, that you've done too many things wrong, that you're too young, that you're too old, or that, or that you're not qualified enough to make an impact. And that's what he doesn't want you to do. Let's just think about it logically for a second. The thing that the enemy doesn't want you to do is have an impact on people. And so he will do anything to keep you from having an impact on either on people. So he will lie to you and he'll tell you, you can't do it. You're not qualified. You've messed up. You've sinned. You're too young. You're not this. You're not that. And he will trick you into, first of all, well, what's the point of living it if I can't even get there? And also there's nothing for me to even give. And so I want to expose the lie of the enemy in your mind today that will tell you you have nothing to give, nothing to offer. Today is the day that you start your legacy. Today is the day that you begin living what you want to leave. Gone is the past. The rearview mirror is so small in the car of God's kingdom. The windshield is so wide open for what's before you. I want to pray for two groups of people today. The people who feel like they haven't left a legacy, don't have anything to give, and I just want to pray for you that that lie would be broken off of you this morning. And also I want to pray, hey, if you've lived a life for God, and you just want to say, I want to, I want to impact more people. Maybe, I haven't, maybe I've been living, but I haven't been giving. Maybe I've been... I've been following, but I haven't been producing. I haven't been serving. And I just want both groups of people, as we just bow our heads right now, 
If that's one of you, you feel like today, I've messed up, I'm too young, too old, not qualified to live and to give. Or if you feel like, man, I, I have been living it, but, but I, I need to step out and begin to love people, minister to people. I want you to just lift your hand right now, and I want to pray for all of us. I'm lifting my hand in this place because I want to give. I want to impact. I want people to be changed, not through me, but through the power of Jesus that's within us. So right now, if you lift your hands, if you want that to be you today, I want to pray for you. God, I thank you that all old things are passed away, that everything brand new. That's what your scripture says. And so, Holy Spirit, we just accept that truth today. And we reject the lie of the enemy that would tell us we're not qualified, we're too young, we're too old, we've done too many things wrong, I've made too many bad decisions. We break that lie and we accept the truth that everything in, in our life is in the past and in it. It's a wide open future in your, in your path. So, Lord, we thank you today. God, I just pray for those who feel that way today. I pray that they would begin to see themselves as you see them, as valuable, as bearers of God's presence, of his image. And, Lord, I pray that we begin to see our value as sons and of daughters of the Most High King today, that we'd receive that identity today of who we truly are. Lord, I pray for also those who have been living for you, have been serving you. But, Lord, feel like today I want to I be a giver. I want to commit to give my legacy. I don't want to just keep, keep God's presence to myself. I don't want to keep my finances to myself anymore. I don't want to keep my joy to myself. I don't want to keep what God's showing me in the scripture to myself. I don't want to, I want to hoard it. I want to give it. I want to commit to give it. So Lord, we pray for those today who want to begin to give, serve, love, fill the empty spaces in people's lives. Uh, serve those who are in need. Lord, we pray for them today. God, empower them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd open up doors for us to give a legacy to the world around us. Lord, I pray that you'd show us, put right in front of us people who need the love of Jesus. Lord, who need to be filled with hope, to need to turn from their old ways and begin walking in your ways. I pray that you would place those people in each of our lives and that we live our legacy and that we would give it. So, Lord, I thank you, God, that we, what we live, we leave. And what we leave, not just for people, but in people, is our legacy. Thank you that you've produced legacy makers in this place today. That your story is going to go throughout all generations. Lord, I want to pray for children who are wayward today, who aren't serving Jesus. Lord, we claim them, that you'd bring them back to your kingdom. Lord, that they would no longer run, but they, they would run back to your house, just like the prodigal. Lord, and, and, and serve God. And that parents who have prayed for their kids for years, they would see it. And Lord, we claim it in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for a, for a legacy that you've left us, God, one of freedom. And Lord, we just want to leave you to other people and impact the world around us. So Lord, I pray you give us grace too by the power of the Holy Spirit. We love you today and we thank you. Thank you for the legacy in this room. I thank you, God, that from this group of people, your story is going to go out through all of Fredericksburg and throughout the world. I thank you that we can impact people who would have never imagined what they do for you. And Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Lord.